Technicast hosts the research platform Invitations for a series of four conversations. This conversation is an Arts and Humanities Research Council funded event as part of the Techne Consortium for PhD Research Studentships. And I am here with Dr. Sophie Hope, lecturer in the Department of Film, Media and Cultural Studies at Birkbeck University. This event is part of a series of online conversations around the topic of creative invitations and the relationship between maker, subject, screen and audience in moving image work, as well as wider context of artistic practice. The series came about through conversations with three fellow Techne-funded PhD students, Judah Atile, Mark Ariel Waller, and Therese Henningsen. And my name is Astrid Corporal, and I am a PhD student at Kingston University, doing a collaborative doctoral award with the Institute of Contemporary Arts. So, Sophie, would you like to shortly say something about your work? Yeah, hello, Astrid. Thank you for inviting me into this conversation. So, as you've mentioned, I'm a practice-based researcher at Birkbeck. I have a background in curating and socially engaged art. In this conversation, we're going to be focusing on a couple of things related to the relationship between guest and host and subject and maker in arts contexts. And playing with the topic of the invitation, we agreed that we would each bring some images as prompts for ourselves and each other. So we have three questions and three images, um, which we'll describe as they come up. First question is, um, around the ethics and shifting definitions of participation, co-production and collaboration. These terms we could argue are overused in the art world um, or at least very popular right now. Um, but what do they actually mean based on our own experience and what are their limitations? Shall I describe, I'll describe the first image. Uh, it is an image of six cards on a table with brightly colours, bright, bright colours and words on the cards. And this is uh, a card game I've been developing with lots of other people. Sean Hunter-Dodsworth, Sophie Mallet, Anya Bass and Henry Mulhall. Uh, it was an intervention I made um, as part of a, uh, another work, a workshop that was happening that I was invited to participate in. And I thought I'd try and make this card game based on a series of interviews I've been doing with artists, community partners and staff of an, of an organisation, a cultural organisation. And the, the card game is based on quotes from those interviews. And the card game has been made so that people involved in the same project can take stock, reflect on the language they're using and find out more about what each other's agendas are, politics are, and what the, potentially what some of the underlying, or not so underlying power relations are between people involved in the same thing. And so it, it came out of, I guess, an interest I've always had in how people talk about the work they're doing from different perspectives. 
And so, yeah, this was it, the, this, along with some other projects I've done in the past, are small steps into trying in trying to think about the power I guess language has and the trouble it gets us into when we miscommunicate, misunderstand each other, think we're thinking of talking about the same thing, but actually we're not. So words like collaboration, co-production, co-creation uh, are all part of this card game. And by putting those cards on the table, you're actually hope well, hopefully the idea is that you you start to reflect critically on what the hell those terms mean and how we might have different experiences of them and relationships to these words. They just look really inviting and it just sounds like fun to do. You know, if you're involved in a project that needs to be done by a certain amount of day in a certain amount of days with a certain budget and reach all these targets, you haven't necessarily always got time to stop and think why you're doing what you're doing you've just got to get on with it and that, you know so these little methods I suppose are my way of like chipping away going well, could we could we try at least <laughs> a conversation um it might end in tears but let's give it a go as I was preparing these images I was thinking that actually in a way us bringing these images is maybe also kind of similar to like bringing cards to put on the table Initially, I asked you to do an interview, and so now I'm being a bit more vulnerable or putting my cards on the table as well, which is quite nice. And it, yeah, it also reminds me of the phrase having skin in the game, you know, having a kind of stake or revealing what your stake is in the game, uh, which actually I think would be good for arts institutions if all the people in the involved were more aware of what their and communicated what their sort of skin in the game was mm. so my image um is an image taken from the side of four people sort of in a row one behind the other each holding up uh, an animal mask this is the first workshop i organized at Almanac Projects, this project space I founded in 2013 with the artist Derek DiFabio. And he used the story of the animal musicians of Bremen, uh, which is um, a kind of folk tale where these animals basically protect themselves uh, from villagers by using their shadows to make them look larger or more powerful than they actually are and we use that tale to um, do a really messy and fun improvised workshop with young children where they would make superhero kites out of their own shadows um, making them into kind of powerful monsters. I thought of this because of the masks and <laughs> the kind of role play which I think is something um, as you mentioned, plays a role in your research. And I think it's really interesting to think of what would happen if we acknowledged more that we're all playing roles as we're working, as we're researching, as we're teaching, as we're at home, and, and kind of played with that more. Some of the problems, I think, are rooted in this idea, in this, like, well, in the big old question of power, to assume that that one person has all the power and the workshop participants don't have the uh, the power is fundamentally flawed from the get go, but uh, but it's also problematic if we don't acknowledge and and try and understand what those the power relations are and how they shift and change. And I love this. I love the 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 tale of the animals 
creating different versions of themselves through their collaborative kind of shadow making <laughs> exercises. For me, it's really important to sort of think about the structures we're in. Like, how do we, through through acknowledging these different power plays and performances that we're involved in, how how does that reflect and, and make more visible the scaffolding, the structures, you know, the kind of apparatus that, that has brought us here together in the first place? So the second question is the importance of and difficulty of having long-term conversations. And this, of course, has to do with these structures that we inhabit and are part of and co-create and how maybe pausing, which we could say we're forced to do now, might help us reflect on projects that are relevant to revisit. So this image is a photograph of a blue sky with white clouds and very tiny string of flags across it. And it was supposed to be, or is, the image for a symposium I was organizing for the Frames of Representation Film Festival, which should have been in April 2020. The nice thing that's happened is that this event is a collaborative event with Laura Cole and Marjani Shah. And we've continued to stay in touch and talk about the topics related to the event, which were how to think together, how to listen, how to create space for each other. And it's been actually really lovely to have that space in this kind of uncertain time. And it makes me think that sometimes these kind of periods of not quite knowing what's going to come out of something are very rare, but also very valuable. I'm like a, a, a fan of organising things. <laughs> <laughs> and I realise I need to step away and not just I mean, organise things all the time because the danger is you become the organiser and there isn't time for the, the, the reading, the thinking, the, the, the informal kind of conversations that don't necessarily have to go anywhere. And the the reflecting which is what I'm kind of always trying to provide you know think of tools and resources and methods for for other people to do but I don't necessarily always give myself time for before the lockdown I was thinking it'd be great if arts organizations could have inbuilt sabbatical years or months mm -hmm. where they just you just don't have to do anything and then there was this whole kind of culture of organizing marathon events wasn't there like of you know you need let's <laughs> do a, an event that lasts 12 hours or <laughs> oh my god I can't think of anything worse. And now people are moving their conferences online on the weekends and like you're like, oh God, can we please just take this chance to not have to uh, make things public all the time? Yeah, it is a tricky one because there's always a temptation to make it public somehow, even if you have a period of reflection to somehow have an output of that period of reflection. Why do you think that is? Arts are a public institution, so there's the idea of a public duty almost, I think. And I do think probably people who like the arts like sharing their thoughts about the arts. <laughs> but I think in general, it's also a societal problem. I mean, we are not able to stop. And I, I think that's also why, for example, the idea of degrowth as an ecological solution is just not really taken seriously because it doesn't seem to be something we can even imagine because somehow imagining involves producing something 
So how do we imagine doing less? And maybe that's what we need to spend more time doing as arts people. I've been reading about the about the, it's a book called The Slow Professor and mm. the idea of slow research. I started reading it during the strikes we had here in the UK. Um, that, that sort of movement, I suppose, around critical university studies and the idea of slow research and not uh, and questioning the productivity drive and of, of of research that yeah conversations and and processes take a long time and that's fine but obviously the funding systems and the structures of university are you know not set up for slow research necessarily there's a lot of pushback and I guess and again some it's, that is some people are more able to push back than others so I think that's worth acknowledging as well yes yeah I mean it's also a privilege but it's something worth fighting for I think mm. And do you want to say something about your image? So this is this is a, an image of a of a dinner table in a gallery in Johannesburg. This was a um, a dinner I organised in two thousand March two thousand and fourteen, and I co-hosted it with Gabby Nagobo and Rangata Hossein at the Bag Factory, and um, also Monique uh, Vajista also helped me with this. Um, with this dinner and it comes it's part of a series of uh, dinners I've been organizing uh, since 2013 I did the first one and uh, they're all around the year about the year 1984 told from the perspectives of people around the table who were all actively involved in art and or politics during that year in the place that the dinners take place so this one was in Johannesburg I did one in London um, Singapore Melbourne and I've done one in um, Uruguay in, in um, Montevideo as well and I make the recordings available on on a web on the 1984 dinners website they're my attempt at trying to sort of create an op- a, a, a space a, and a place for a conversation to occur that hasn't yet occurred it, they're, they're structured around a series of questions that I, I place on the table in a menu format and the questions are about their you know asking people to reflect on what they were doing in that at that period what the conditions were in which they were working etc so it was and it the people are invited it's a closed event it's not a public event and in each case I work with co-hosts so people who know the landscape the politics the histories of these places more than I do in, I'm interested in what was happening in, in this period across different parts of the world and as sort of as a my me- my very low lo-fi popular <laughs> populist method is um inspiration for the method is uh, a film by um Jim Jarmusch uh, called Night on Earth when he follows taxi drivers in different cities around the world on one on one evening and it tells the story of these different taxi drivers so it's a sort of um a device like what is what conversation what is happening right now in different pockets of the world or, and what what if you took that as a as a historical um method i suppose and trying to find out the situations and occurrences around uh, that were happening simultaneously around simultaneously in different parts of the world and in and, in, and so i became interested in that but also became interested in the impossibility of that and that of course memory is a complicated thing at the best of times and people will remember what they remember they'll contradict each other around the tables they'll have different versions of the same events 
and it's a really messy process and I quite like the messiness of that and the fallibility of it fallibility of memory that it is what it is with the people around the table at that time and and also the people around the table haven't necessarily had those conversations with each other before so in Johannesburg it was people who were active politically in 84 but from different perspectives of the anti-apartheid movement so they were you know think coming at things from from different perspectives and and did not necessarily agree with each other at the time uh, and and similar, similarly in Singapore there was some um, anchored around the work of the third stage a, a theatre performance group who were arrested in, a, in, in they were arrested in 80, 87 but the, the work they were doing political theatre work they were doing they were active in 84 two women from the third stage were at the dinner and some of the other people around the dinner table hadn't didn't know about necessarily about the kind of the story of their arrest and 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 what the story of political theatre was at that time um, because they were the younger generation. So it's yeah, there was sort of in, it, interesting insights and but very I guess it's like how to keep the complexity of those those stories and and multi-directional um, approaches if that's the right word or you know like different yeah com- the complex perspectives. That's interesting to think about that memory is one of the difficulties of having long-term conversations. I'm imagining it could also be a benefit because maybe people who didn't see eye to eye could have, could become a bit softer to each other with time. Also on themselves as a reflexive process. So you're like looking at it with your own, all the stuff that's happened to you since and you know morphed into someone else in a way so there is a different relationship to your own self-history as well as the context and the other people around and maybe that also connects to the last question how our roles might change over time my image is the is a still from the performative interviews videos that I made as part of my PhD and the images of a somebody wearing a horse plastic horse mask and the performative interviews were a series of interviews I did with people mainly artists who had been involved in projects but I was asking them about what went wrong the embarrassing kind of stories that don't really get told much Uh, so it was a a practical device of providing anonymity but then quite became quite a playful approach I suppose I what we, we the people I was working with we sort of played around with it a bit and thought about adopting different roles so this into the the, the the horse mask one was one interviewee taking on three different roles in a project to tell the story from different perspectives and they wore a different mask for each role in terms of how roles change over time they are changing over time but they're also changing it's easy to pigeonhole people and make assumptions about roles and people isn't it and I think we all absolutely all start with those when we enter into a relationship um, and a conversation and I just think they often get in the way of actually like what what who are you like what are you what you're going through I suppose and what you're interested in and what you're not interested in so I just think there are other ways of getting to know people and that labels we present a kind of version of ourselves before we've even started com- having a conversation. Um, so I think maybe those sort of 
whereas the kind of labels might change, there's probably some consistency around our politics, maybe, or around our position in relation to certain issues. And um, and that takes that is not obvious up front, is it, either, with a label or not. So it sort of takes a while to get to know where someone's coming from. Um, but I'm also interested in how we talk about all of that stuff and how we make some of the, that a bit more public so that we're not always... Um, again, sort of having to play the, um, uh, you know, perfect versions of ourselves, the reputational economy version of ourselves and um, and get underneath the surface a bit more. What about your image there? Well, my image is, it's a designed image and it has, in the centre, it has a part of the Swiss banknote which has this image of hands um, that are cupped around each other, um, holding water, but they're also made of water. Um, and it was um, found by an artist called Virginia Ariu. And it's one of the images we used for a project that I'm working on at the moment, which is titled Care Community Ecology. Again, with Amnet projects, but this time I am working as an invited curator, so not as um, a co-director of the space. So it's kind of a nice experience to come back to an institution, if you can call it that, um, as a kind of guest or, um, yeah, just from a different, yeah, different position and as part of a collective of other curators. So there's also Joanna Harrison and Bianca Sabani who are working on the project. But it's actually also really nice to think, okay, well, this is part of a collective, so I don't have to do everything. And the topic of the project is care, community ecology. So it's it's kind of trying to learn also how to kind of be held by a collective or feel like maybe you don't have to be... Um, organizing everything and as we were speaking I was also thinking about how a lot of your work is about um, how you evaluate these kind of participatory projects or, or reflect on them and that often our evaluations are about products and productivity but it would be really interesting to do an evaluation um, for example I could ask my fellow curators did you notice that I was doing less or did you notice I was in a better mood because I had some rest <laughs> and uh, what would it mean if we took those kind of questions into account in, um, in how we evaluated projects I think that's so important that's a really lovely idea I think the um well a, a project I've not mentioned but is, is um, a major thing I'm working on with, with Jenny Richards on this manual labours project, which we've been doing since 2013. And in that first iteration of the project, we we did a, um, a kind of working week, modelled a working week around a series of questions and interviews and lunch hours and, and film screenings and stuff. And one of the things we did through that week was, was to trace our physical and emotional states on really lo-fi graphs with like little stars and, and stickers and things <laughs> and um yeah and I think that like because we the, 
whole thing project is about bringing the body back into conversation around um, different types of work that are supposedly cognitive and immaterial in some way or service sector industries and um, we we wanted yeah wanted to sort of start with our own bodies and brains and thinking how is this making us feel what impact is this having on our our bodies and um, yeah I think that's that sort of that's why often like with workshops or or these things I'm I've, I'm learning through through having been doing manual labors with the manual labors project with Jenny is to constantly ask yeah about like how is how is this making you feel because you know we're often expected to perform healthy healthy productive bodies with Jenny and I we're re- re- with the manual labors project we're really keen to subvert the well-being at work agenda mm. so yes look after our bodies yes put the body at the, a, a bit more up front in our discussions about work but let's not individualize the body for Jenny and I, it's like, how do we connect this to the structural inequalities and, and uh, systems of work that are producing these unhealthy bodies in the first in the first place? The word care is everywhere right now, and it can mean so many things. And that's one of the things it can be used for this. But that doesn't take away from the other meanings of care. It's just how to keep those meanings alive and, and keep awareness of them. Your wildcard image. Oh, wildcard. Yeah, I mean, I guess these were thinking about other stepping stepping aside or at least or finding other voices that have different perspectives on your own, I guess. I guess. So there, there is this podcast I've been doing with Owen Kelly about, uh, about um, cultural democracy called Meanwhile in an Abandoned Warehouse. And that's us um, talking to each other about cultural democracy and inviting other people to talk about cultural democracy and it's it, it I guess that sort of process of thinking in public researching in public and I and that for me the podcast format works really well it's a sort of sketchbook of of thinking around cultural democracy I suppose for us and uh, we're, we're kind of gathering other people's perspectives on it experiences of it histories of it and I, for me, that works as a as a method, and I'm not sure where it's going. But we've gonna we've just done our 50th episode, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of relaunching um, again in a, in a couple of months. It, it sort of it is quite rough and ready, and it is our um, workings out. It's like showing your workings out, I guess, as you're working it out, tying up, connect, tying connections, making connections, um, finding different routes, paths to go down. And um, again, kind of maintaining the complexity and the messiness of it. Yeah, and it's a nice thing for if people are listening to this conversation, they can go and listen to even more conversations with you. <laughs> more chat. <laughs> yes. And oh, and just to say that the image is uh, a screenshot of the website. Um, it was really wonderful to talk to you about all your projects, and I hope we can talk about them more. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Astrid.